0: Welcome to Sober Sisters Talk, a podcast on recovery with Elizabeth Pudwell and MG. We bring you our experience, strength, and hope from a variety of sources therapy, 12 step recovery, and life lessons of long term sobriety. To contact us, email sober sisters talk at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook. Just search for Sober Sisters Talk. We're glad you're here. Now, here's our next podcast. Also, we'd love to invite you to a Zoom meeting this Friday night at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. If you're interested, email sober sisters talk at gmail.com and we'll send you the meeting information and password. We hope to see you this Friday. Welcome. I'm Elizabeth Pudwell, and I am here with CJ. And
1: we are Sober Sisters Talk, the podcast. And uh, today, it's April 15th when we're recording, which is also Good Friday. And what we're going to talk about today is um, how you hear from your higher power, Um, you know, the messages that we get. And I was just saying to our guest and to CJ that, like, I don't believe um, that my higher power speaks to me like Elizabeth, this is God speaking. Um, You know, those messages, I think, are unique for all of us. And we all have our unique way of hearing or even knowing that that's this is a spiritual message. This is something um, that I'm meant to hear. So um, I'd like to introduce our guest. She was real um, willing, but also a little nervous and her name is Sarah F. from California. Sarah, say hi. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for having me. Welcome. So happy you're here. Um, so, I want to ask you something first. So, um, I was telling you, you know, that CJ and Sarah, before we started recording, about a situation that I had with um, where I felt like I was hearing from my higher power. And I have another story that I'd like to share really quick. I was um, living in um, Baytown with my daughter and she was young. She was only like, um, I don't know, like maybe six or seven years old, maybe eight. And we on Friday nights, we would go to an AA meeting and with these. And then after the meeting, the whole meeting would go to dinner. And I had this girlfriend, her name was Barb, and she was such a sweetheart. And she would I couldn't drive them because I was on probation still from my AA fiasco. That's a whole nother podcast. But um so she was driving me home and it was about a 25, 30 minute drive. And I shared with her the whole my my SLAA story, my story about the guy at work and oh, he wouldn't do this and he would do this and he did this and he did that and I felt this way and I did that all the whole. Yeah. The whole thing, the mess. And we pull up in front of my apartment door and, um, she puts the car in park and she turns and looks at me and she goes, you gotta stop. You need to stop this right now. She said, I have been doing the same thing that you are doing now for 20 years. And she shared with me the story about her qualifier and um, the dance, like going back and forth and back and forth. And she said, it just, the time goes like that. She says, you're young and you still have all of this time in front of you. And she was about my age then, she was in her sixties. And um, it really stuck with me. Now, did I stop seeing him? Did I end that, that night? No it went another year, but every time I was aware of another year passing on, I think two years went by before I actually stopped. I was like that message. I, be, I was so aware of like how easy it is to just stay sucked in a really fucked up place in your life. And that there was work that I needed to do, which led to the deer in the headlights story. So, um, Do you want to expound on that, CJ, before I ask Sarah, like, why we, why I asked her to come on today?
2: Yeah, I'd love to. Thank you for that. I had uh, a a very similar experience um, that finally helped me to get sober in SLAA, and before recovery, I had um, a best friend. You all might know her. Her name is Oprah Winfrey. I didn't have any friends that I actually could touch in real life or talk to in real life. Call on the telephone. Right. (laughs) So every day on TiVo, I recorded Oprah. And um, there was one episode, Tracy Gold, the actress, was on there. And she talked about how she ended up getting a DUI. And the message of the story has stuck with me. And I hear it a lot, not just when Oprah says it, but I've heard it in other spiritual teachings. It's almost as popular as the Maya Angelou quote about believe some believe who someone is the first time they show you. This one is about life. Life could be God, could be your higher power, the universe, whatever you want to call it, speaks to us in whispers. And at first, you get the whisper. And if you don't hear it, or you hear it and you ignore it, it will come back in another message. But it'll be louder. And then it'll knock you on the head. And then finally, it will come crashing down like a brick wall on top of you. And I've had that happen multiple times. So now, at the age of 47, which... I feel younger now than I ever have. And perhaps it's because my grandmothers, the women in my family, usually live to be in their 90s. I can't think of one person. Well, my aunt, but or my mom's aunt. But other than that, so I feel like I have a whole nother life to live. You know, as if I have any control over that. And I do have some input into it, I think. Anyway, um, so now... I listen when I make time to listen, though. And for me, that's the biggest challenge is getting quiet or being so present with other people that I would ask for advice or would listen to that I actually hear what's being said instead of being thinking in the next moment or thinking to the past or having my okay. mind somewhere being else. present.
1: Like, and- right.
2: Being so present be able to receive whatever message is coming. And I've had two Shanda do this thing, you know, <laughs> Shanda, this is God speaking <laughs> in recovery, and they were always preceded by the women in recovery whispering the message or telling me the message. But it wasn't until I heard like that big voice and I heard it in my head. It wasn't out like I didn't think it was someone else. But the first time was um, I kept complaining, complaining about why my qualifier wouldn't stop contacting me. Why won't he leave me alone? And a woman politely said, have you considered changing your phone number? Oh my God, I could never do that. What would I tell my husband? What would I tell the telemarketers, right? Like (laughs) I could never do that. I had so many excuses why I could not get rid of that phone number. Cannot give up area code 713 because that's my birthday, July 13th. Like, we're meant to be. Anyway, about six months later in church, I finally, when I was praying to God, like, God, why can't I get away from this man? Change your phone number. <laughs> okay, so I ran home that night and did it. Never looked back, and that pretty much solved the problem. Um, that plus a shit ton of recovery. And then most recently in OA Howe, I would be like, God, I can't. Why can't I stop overeating? Why can't I stop binging? Why can't I put the Oreos down? Wah, wah, wah. And I just <laughs> I heard, like, stop being a baby, stop being a child, stop fighting this, and just do it. That wasn't my voice. So,
1: anyway, those are my so two times. I do, think, I do think that, like, there's, you know, the way that when I was a kid, the only thing that I thought about God was a punishing, you know, that that you go to church and zap, they're going to, you know, God's going to zap you if you sinned. And I had to evolve and learn about that. And I had my own situation with, um, with giving up alcohol. I knew way before I got sober, I needed to get, and I had several messages about the, that were about the, the volume of a whisper before I rear-ended an 18-wheeler. And that was like, Elizabeth, (laughs) you need to stop. So um, I I invited our guest on today because um, Sarah goes to our Sober Sisters meeting. And we've had a couple of conversations. And she was telling me about um, some of the ways that she had heard from her higher power. So will you tell them the story that we shared when, when we talked the last time or when we talked initially about this?
3: Yeah. Thank you. Um, so yeah. When Elizabeth said that they were interested in doing the podcast on hearing God, I was like, Oh my God, this is my favorite topic. Um, Cause my goal right now in my recovery program is to, and I was sharing this with Elizabeth is um, to make God my best friend mm. Um, And that's something I've really been working on right now. Um, And so we were talking about this topic and um, so I shared with her the story of the first time I like felt like I heard God kind of like what you both were saying, like, hello. Um, And it was when I was, I was 18 and I had just started in my, um, my sex and love addiction at that time, but I didn't know that that was the problem but I just barely started in that and um my first qualifier had broken up with me um on my 18th birthday um so I was just so um I mean devastated by this like I fell into this horrible depression and I wanted to die and I just thought that the pain was totally unbearable and I didn't know why I felt so messed up. And, you know, I mean, all my friends, you know, everybody dated and looked like they were normal, but I was in this horrifying, like, like pit of despair. Um, and it went on for several weeks and weeks and my parents couldn't help me and I didn't know what to do. And I just, you know, I didn't know what was happening to me. So one day, when I was feeling particularly bad, I walked up to our church. Um, and back in those days, the church was open all the time. So you could go anytime there and pray, um, anytime of day or night. And so I walked up there in the middle of the day and, um, and I was just, so I was just crying and I'm just so despondent and I went into the church and thankfully no one was there. Um, and I walked up to the altar, um, And I just, I, I knelt down there on the stairs and I was just praying to God. Um, I don't remember if I was praying out loud or in my head, but I was just praying and I was just like, please help me. Like, I don't understand why this is so horrible. And I, you know, it feels like my whole life is over. Like I don't, and I just was so lost and um, it was just a horrible feeling. And um, so I prayed for a while and then finally I was like, okay, I should go. So I got up and I, started walking out of the church. Um, but then suddenly I heard God. Um, it, it, was, it wasn't it was out loud, but it was in my head, I guess. Um, and all of a sudden I heard him say, come here, my child. And I turned around and I walked back up to the altar and I knelt back down. I always cry when I tell this story. Crying too loud. <laughs> Um, and I just waited there and I was like, okay, well, I'm, I'm you said, come back. Here I am. And, and I was kneeling there and he said, it is going to be all right. <laughs> and that's the only thing he said, <laughs> but, um, so I, I got up and I left the church and I went back home and that, you know, that knowledge, um, enabled me to continue on and to know that even though i wasn't quite sure that was i didn't, that had never happened to me before but i was like that i mean god just told me like it's going to be all right so so i just trusted in that and of course i did get better and things did get better and i got over my you know, de-
1: it usually is in a time of despair or hopelessness I noticed, too, if I feel like a victim, like if I feel like, you know, wronged by someone else, that if I pray and the way I mean, you know, God speaks to us or a higher power speaks to us in many different ways. It can come. You you know, I've been in a meeting before and heard what I needed to hear in just by someone I don't even know. They were not speaking to me, but they answered my my call. And I've been, um, you know, I've been, Oh, I've overheard. I've listened to TV and heard it. I've listened to, uh, I've read and heard it. I've read, um, it, I've read the Bible. Yes. But I've also read other books that that do the same thing that where I get that comforting message, you know, the, the, the call about, the answer from um, my higher power through my friend in the program and then through my other friend that a dear friend and we used to work together and she I knew she loved me I, I tell her all the time I just saw her a couple of weeks ago and it's like, I don't know how you put up with me because I cried every day. And I was for years about this stupid guy, you know, oh, he won't. Oh. And, you know, it was finally having that, like, you look like a deer in the headlights and knowing, like, if I deal with that, because I always just kind of poo-pooed it. Oh, that's nothing I need to pay attention to. But when I did pay attention to it and I, and I went, this is something, it means something to me. This is a message and I need to look at it. And it's, I have these brain things. I get stuck in these routes you know i get stuck in this loop where i think the same thing over and over and over and i can't get out and i know that about myself now when i was early in the program i did not know that about myself and i didn't know how to fix it now i do now i know how to get out of that loop and stop thinking the same thing over and over again but um you know you you were talking about praying in church and And even praying. And I don't think that you need to do both of those. Maybe you, Sarah, do. Do you feel like you have to be in church and kneeling in order to hear from God? Or how else does God speak to you?
3: No, no, for sure not. I haven't. I don't actually haven't attended a formal church in many years. And um, just for a lot of my own reasons. But so, yeah, I mean, I love being in a church where I feel comfortable, like that church, my home church. I love that church. And I'm always visiting there. But no, I mean, especially through recovery, you know, I really developed, you know, where I just pray all the time. I mean, they say, you know, in the Bible, pray without ceasing, and I've kind of come to that point in my life where I pray like all day long like, "Oh God, help me with this. Oh, thank you for this. Oh, like please help me with this," you know.
2: Literally praying uh, your ass off. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, it is like praying our ass off. I, I used it. when I was first in AA, like I couldn't remember to do it, so I had a a timer pop up on my phone that would remind me to say this prayer or say that prayer. And it was definitely developing a habit, like developing the muscle of prayer. I need that. Um, when I'm not really desperate because otherwise I, had to I carry get a, a
1: card. I had to carry an index right. card with s- statements on it or things that I could I do, pray for Right. Promise. God do
2: these things um or like when I would do step work or have a resentment and and somebody would point me to that place in the big book where it talks about you know praying for the person and I would be like I gotta do this for two weeks like how am I gonna (laughs) do this well you know I had to set up a structure to remember to do it you know I think um I just really felt remember this moment that I wanted to share with you guys before I forget it and let it pass because it is so significant. I I think that it's why I'm sitting here today. Um, I was in AA for maybe a month or two when someone pointed me to SLAA. And actually, okay, Elizabeth was my sponsor until she wasn't because she had to let me go. (laughs) Yeah, I was working my ass off except I was also seeing my qualifiers so anyway she's eventually we both agreed like this is not going to work so um after that happened I was you know free to go do more research and I think I did that for about a year and a half until I knew and I was working with my AA sponsor who bless her heart you know she tried her best with me in this area but it wasn't I'd probably owe her an amends for even like putting that on her at all So one day I decided I was in such misery. I decided that I had to leave and um, I was either going to, I was trying to make a decision. I know I went to talk to my sponsor who at the time lived next to the AA building, which is across the street from a bakery here in town. And um, while I was working with Elizabeth, the first round of SLAA, I was also in a women's group and there was a woman in there that I really just absolutely adored. She was in my group, but I hadn't seen her for about two years. And um, on the way from Baytown, I worked in Baytown, and I was driving into Houston to meet my sponsor in the middle of the day, which I would never do because I should have been at work. Um, Maybe I took off. Maybe I didn't. Maybe I just hit the road. And I was talking to God in my car the entire way going, God, I need to make a decision. Like, do I really just dive into AA with all my heart and do everything? or do I go back to SLAA and before um it was time to meet my sponsor I went to that bakery and I walked in and sure enough there was my friend from that group she was working like she was working remotely that day and there she was and I looked and I was like oh is that who I think it is and um it was so I gathered my courage and I went over and I talked to her and I told her what was going on and um Actually, you know, I just saw her today we 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 reconnected and um we're she's one of my dearest friends she's in you know in s l a a and she's been on the podcast, and she's like you know an angel to me, and I believe that was divine guidance when I was looking for an answer now, I don't go around like asking God for signs um and then sometimes I do think I get confirmations that come in threes and I've been writing those down. I'd share those with my sponsor and we kinda, I don't know, she probably is just humoring me, but we get a little kick out of it. <laughs> you know, stuff that, there's synchronicities, I guess, is what they're called.
1: It is, and I think that we sometimes do, we name them coincidences or whatever, but it really doesn't matter what you call it as long as it does the job. <laughs>
2: <laughs> right right oh it, now they're confirmations oh I'm on the right path right this right is right, right yeah because yes. I um you know I worked as a reliability engineer and one of my jobs was to calculate probabilities of failure and I can tell you how probable something is I know exactly how to do it statistically so when these things happen I know okay that they are possible but highly unlikely and so I I it's very meaningful to me through the filter and through my skills. So I think that's the way that my higher power speaks to me.
1: And I think too, like, I think that a lot of us sort of look for that divine moment rather than that, you know, that it's just a, a connection. And you were sharing about another um, mess another way that you were hearing from your higher power, Sarah. Right before we started, you want to share that one? Um, I'm trying to think which one that was. <laughs> well, about the the podcast that you. Oh
3: know. yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, like like um, Elizabeth and CJ were saying, um, I feel like God communicates with me in so many ways, like. You know, I'm obsessed with the TV show from the 90s, Joan of Arcadia, which is about a woman who hears God. It's like a modern Joan of Arc. Um, And I am obsessed with it. And I've been watching it from start to finish since the beginning of the pandemic. And I'm still doing it because every time I go, oh, yeah, and I feel like there's a new message in there for whatever's going on in my life. Um, and so, yeah, this new podcast besides we're sisters that I've been listening to is, um, called pearls with Christie McClelland. Um, it's a Christian based podcast, so I know that's not for everyone, but I really love it. And uh, since I identify as a Christian, it really works for me. And, um, yeah, a couple of her, the podcast topics that I've loved. One is from chaos to calm and she talks about how, um, Jesus and God, both, you know, New Testament, Old Testament, you know, is, is a big like part of how things that are in big chaos, like a storm or an emotional storm or just craziness of our addictions. For me, it's like the craziness and insanity of my addictions and my mental health issues um, and how God just always shows us that he can bring that to calm just instantly, like with a word. And she shares in, uh, about the Bible story where Jesus calms the storm with a word on the Sea of Galilee, I think it is.
2: I love um, that story because Jesus is like just napping away in the boat right? and the disciples are freaking out. Like, they're all freaking, freaking out.
1: They're freaking out. Oh, what's going on? And he's like, yeah. he's like, hey, like I'm sleeping
2: over here. It reminds me of me and my kids. I'm like, you know, <laughs> do not wake me. Yeah, I love that. That's one of my favorite stories. It's
3: hilarious. It's kind of a a funny part of the story, and she shares about that in the podcast. She's like, "Oh, Jesus is asleep in the boat, and (laughs) there's a storm." um, But I just love how she brought all that together. And I was sharing with Elizabeth. I said, "You know, God has done that for me in my life. I mean, a lot, but um, especially in my addiction and recovery journey in recent years, um, just the past few years, like how." because of my addiction, like things have just become total chaos in my life, you know, and anyone who has had an addiction or known someone with an addiction, you know, how chaotic that can get. Um, and just, it's like, Oh yeah, I think I got this. I I think I got this. I'm, I'm twirling 50 plates at the same time. And then all of a sudden every single one comes down and crashes. And so, yeah, there's been two times in the last year and a half where, you know, my disease has just been super active and, um, and I just had no idea how to stop um, because in twenty oh oh God, what year was it? In 2020, the end of 2020, I had actually started using meth um, because of my SLAA addiction um, and I didn't know how to stop that. And so everything just started spinning crazily out of control, of course. and And I could see it happening, but I also, was powerless to stop it happening. Cause that's how addiction works. We're powerless. And so it was just insane. And then suddenly out of nowhere, um, God just like, or this is how I saw it. God just came down and was like, Oh, I'm going to put a stop to that. And, um, God just removed, um, my access to the drugs and my addiction with, um, my SLA addiction and everything. And, and I wrote in my journal the next morning I put, cause all of a sudden like the next morning I woke up and, and I was like, Oh my God. And it just, everything was suddenly silent. And, and I wrote in my journal that morning I put, and all of a sudden everything stops. And it was like that. And so when I heard the podcast about chaos to calm, I was like, wow, like I really experienced that in my addiction. Um, how for I me, love I love that.
1: that too. Like that you looked back on an instant, that happened and you went, Oh, that was God. Yeah. And I can, you know, there's, I remember being in this meeting and um, this was a long time ago. It was a AA meeting and the guy was talking about honesty. And one of the things I think that I really learned early on in, in recovery, going to, to AA was how to listen. I loved, I really didn't want to, I was very resistant and I was like, Oh God, this is so stupid. But after a while, I settled in and I would just listen. And I learned that the guy was talking about, um, he goes, I'm a liar, I am bullshit. And he was talking about like, in this group of friends, I act like this. In this group of friends, I'm another persona. At work, I'm this persona. With my girlfriend, I'm this. And I was listening to that. I went, oh, okay, I do that too. And I never had thought of myself as dishonest before, but if I'm not being authentic, then that's the only, the only other alternative there is it's not real and not real is dishonest. And there's just so many things that I've learned from meetings. I wish I would have kept track of them all, you know, had like a, you know, what I've learned in a meeting. Oh my gosh, <laughs> volumes, right? Maybe we could like get the sober sisters
2: and that we could collaborate and self-published because volumes you know elizabeth um well sarah i reached out to elizabeth the other day like on a wild hair like mid weekday morning check-in because something had been going over and over and over in my mind which i recently found out that means that my attachment style my general style is called preoccupied anxious (laughs) that's the (laughs) clinical word for obsessed (laughs) Um, But we were talking about what my part was Like in these various friendships That I find myself into That I find myself like into and out of And it's dishonesty Because I don't show up As my authentic self Meaning um, Somebody shows me who they are And I just keep going back And keep going back And then I, I say things that don't really mean i mean nice things but i don't mean them <laughs> like because i i don't know anyway that's a whole because other topic but it's dishonesty yes
1: can you see um what's going on in sarah's screen right now the sun is shining it's yeah it's gorgeous it, your higher power is
2: there shining the light absolutely right there
1: with you. Yeah, i love
2: this spot because the sun comes.
3: can in. you see it I can see some of it. I don't know how much comes through.
1: I wish I could screenshot it's it. It's incredible. I will send Me it too. to you. It's, it's so damn. beautiful. It's like a rainbow across. It's just. It often it has, happens during the meeting. Up. Yeah, because this time of
3: day, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I love this spot because I can. I'm right by my window and the trees, and there's this line in that show I was telling you all about, the Joan of Arcadia, and and Joan when she's first meeting God and she doesn't believe he's God and she's like she's like okay, well then do a miracle. And he goes, and he goes, and they're walking through the park outside school. And he goes, look, you see that tree? And she goes, uh, that's a tree. And he goes, let's see you make one. <laughs> I'm like, that is God. Like, that's a miracle. Like a tree is a right. miracle. That's- right. So for me, I also find a lot of God or however you want to say it, you know, the universe, all that spirituality in nature you know? And so, so yeah, whenever I'm on my meetings, I love to sit here cause my
1: favorite tree is right out there. And I can't take a picture of it. It doesn't, it doesn't work. It. I know. Cause you can't capture the, the- I think part the- of it is just because I'm, I'm aware and I'm looking for it. You know, I think other people would just be like, there's a glare, but it's, there are physical lines with color and it, it is just striking. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I wrote down. A, I I wrote down a couple of the. I know I avoided. I I started in AA as well, and my first. I read my first step to my AA sponsor, my first one, and she says, um "Have you ever heard of <laughs> SLAA? I think you need to
2: go." I ought to just go back to AA meetings and sponsor women to direct them to SLAA.
1: I know, recruit. I'm going to go in there. Recruiting. I, and you know so i think that like one of the things that i want to share with the listeners if you are avoiding if you are you know um if some if you keep hearing the same message over and over again and you like or even if you hear it once and you like i'm not doing that that is probably your higher power that is probably your higher power speaking to you um if your friends or your sisters are all like, you know, telling you there's a problem or this is not normal, then that's probably your higher power as well. There's just certain, I think that, I think it's really challenging. And this is one of the things that you just shared with me, Sarah, right before we started recording was that, are you ready? You know, you shared with me, tell me what that that podcast said about that. Do you want this or? Oh, right. Yeah. And so again, on the pearls podcast with Christy McClellan, she, she,
3: um, the episode I just listened to this week was, do you want to get well? And it's about the story where Jesus goes to, um, one of the public baths and there's, uh, I think it says a lame man or a crippled man and he's been sick or crippled for 38 years and Jesus goes to him and, um, on the Sabbath and he says to the man, he doesn't do anything yet. He just says, do you want to get well? And then he ends up healing the man. But, um, she talks about it in her podcast, like that is such the question for us in our lives. And I really relate to that with my, um, mental illness and with my addiction and recovery is like, there's, and I was sharing with Elizabeth's like, sometimes I'm like, yes, I totally want to be better and I want to be well. And, yeah, I want to be totally in recovery and then sometimes I'm like, no, I really don't. Like I'm scared it's too different. I'm comfortable with my disease. I know how this works. I'm doing okay, quote unquote, you know, I'm not blah 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 whatever. And so sometimes to be honest, I don't want to get well cuz
1: it's scary. And it is scary. We don't know what's on the other side. We don't know what get Get well. Right. What does that mean? What does that look like? But does it look like? What does that mean? Right. I thought to get sober, not just in AA but in SLAA, meant that I'm not ever going to have sex again. I'm not going to have fun. I'm not going to be able to have, you know, mind blowing orgasms or <laughs> you know, do all of the sexual things that I had been doing. And it, you know, and I was so afraid of losing that. Right.
2: Right. You know. Yeah. Do. What do I want to get well that's willingness
1: what's the truth
2: about my willingness and um, I'm sure in the beginning I thought I had to say oh yeah yeah I'm willing but then the biggest freedom came when I could be 100% honest and just say no I'm not willing to block this person no I'm not willing to do that and then some you know wise woman said well can you pray to be willing, to be willing, to be willing, to be willing. And it right. made me laugh. And I was like, okay, times a hundred, you know, but right. you have to start somewhere. It's like, do I even have the willingness to ask for it to come? And some days I didn't. Right. Some days I did not because um, when I I had only been the last qualifier before I came back to the program and stayed, I had only been having, um, I guess you would call it an emotional affair over uh over the airwaves um for about a month and i revealed it to a friend of mine and she prayed over me and then the next day i didn't hear from him and that was because his wife got a hold of his phone the night before and found our messages and then my friend said when i called her and told her she was like well you're going to be really mad but i asked god to force, uh, force something to happen so that, um, a decision would have to be made. And then I was like, don't you ever pray for me again? You know, <laughs> I was so <laughs> mad. I was so, so mad. Yeah, I understand that. <laughs> I was like, how could you do that? And, um, um, and then not long after that, you know, we continued on, but it, from that point on, I mean, it was chaos. And I was, I once heard an acronym for chaos is can't have anyone over syndrome. And that was in relation to like the tidiness of my house. But it could also be like my emotional house, my spiritual house, right? Like I can't have anyone over because my life is chaos. And so I was working with my AA sponsor at the time and we were on step three. And I was supposed to say that third step prayer and I'll be damned if the first day that I didn't say it and like actually mean it. The whole like thing blew up. It completely blew up between me and my qualifier. And once again, I was like cursing God, yelling at him. You know what? He didn't care. He was like, "It's fine. You're fine. (laughs) Everything's gonna be okay, right?" As I'm driving from Baytown down I-10, like screaming and yelling in my car. I'm sure
1: you're not the first person that
2: yelled at God. No, I'm not. (laughs) And um. I mean, I know, I I guess when I'm... I would like to not give the message to our listeners that um, everyone has these burning bush moments to bring them to, to the point of, I have to stop this. Like, it can be... The spiritual experiences can be like lightning or it can be gradual. And I've had varieties of both. Um, but these ones that we're talking about is so good for me to remember. They were really, really... Like I guess what it took for me at the time. What had we done?
1: Spiritual messages can come, you know. I remember getting a spiritual message from a a billboard. I didn't I don't remember what it was, but I remember thinking like, Wow, that's for me. Like (laughs) that is having that is having an impact on me. Yeah. And I have got you know, I've just received them from so many different ways and sources and Um, I have I have relief and I think that's probably my biggest encouragement to anybody who is struggling is that I never thought that I could get relief from the way that felt the inability to let go and the unwillingness to be sober I used to go to a meeting and you guys all know this girl PA she used to tell me she told me one time why don't you move I was like, I'm not going to move because of my qualifier. I moved twice. The only thing that I didn't do is quit my job because I, I, I really felt like that was way drastic and I was going to have to figure out how to, you know, get sober without, you know, but that also is, you know, we're eliminating the hard. We're trying to eliminate the hard work. The hard work is, say no like what you said about when we started about stop being a baby just stop and i'm i can say just stop it's not easy it's hard but it is that simple just stop one day at a time that's what that that's why that is sometimes it's an hour in SLAA, i think it was a lot harder for me to make it through withdrawal and it took a lot more interaction with my higher power than, um, my AA addiction, my drinking addiction. Yeah. Any last words?
3: I wondered if I could, if there's time for me to read just a little paragraph, it's like eight lines. Yeah. Um, because it's another way that God has worked in my life this last year in my recovery. And I just, I mean, it's a little embarrassing because I wrote it. So I'm like, oh, I'm self-promoting. But but it's just, it's been really powerful for me for my relationship with God and my recovery. Um, and I was, I've been looking at it recently this past month through Lent as I've been doing a lot of like making God my best friend. Because um, this is another way that God, like, He wasn't speaking in this case, but he broke through to me. For me, it's he. So sorry, everybody. I know a lot of people don't like the he, but for whatever works for you is awesome. But for me, God has always been a he. That's just my thing. Um, So this is part of um, a poem that I wrote last September. And when I was really struggling with a kind of like a hump in the road in my recovery process. And I just really wanted to go back to my... um, super bad addiction um so but i had this event happen and um the poem is titled an exorcism but i won't read the whole thing this is just this paragraph Because it's the most important part and somewhere in my dancing i couldn't tell you the exact moment something broke loose in me as if god himself entered the room I felt the devil's hand on my soul let go and light poured in where my addiction had taken root. The terrible weight I had been carrying was lifted. I only felt joy and lightness and wonder. I can't do that without crying either. <laughs> Thank and that you. light
1: is there.
3: Right? The I'm sitting in
1: the light. Anytime you feel like you have to go back to him or you have to go back to that, it's there. We yeah. see it, right, Shanda? We see
2: it. You're And it's coming from inside of you.
1: You're bathed in it.
3: Mm-hmm. For me, that's God, you know. God, in the Bible, it says, God is light. There is no darkness in him at all.
2: That's right, so, sober me, sister.
3: Yep.
1: It is the
3: way i'm just so grateful i'm grateful thank for you. you all and the program
1: thank you thank you so you much, so much for coming on and for sharing your very intimate god stories higher power stories and you as well cj appreciate it and listener if um you know if you want to reach out to us you can email us at silver sisters talk dot gmail.com you can share something that you've learned from um you know from program from, you know about program Listening to your higher power or any type of way that you can be, you know, get sober. And we'd love to, we'd love to hear. And if, if we can, we'll share it on the, on our podcast. So thank you. Till the next time.
0: Till the next time. Thank you for listening to the Sober Sisters Talk podcast. To find our podcast, we're at www.sobersisterstalk.com. We're also on Apple iTunes and on Facebook. See you next week.